I wonder when was the last time that we just fell on our face before the Lord. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. Our worst enemy is us. We make bad decisions. And the Bible says that we will reap what we sow. And so maybe you have made horrible decisions in your life and now you're reaping it. No, maybe you blame this and I blame my parents. I blame the way I was raised. I blame the United States. I blame this. And there's about everything that you can blame. But ultimately, we make bad decisions. And when we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we are our own worst enemy. And yet in those times, God is saying, no matter what has happened, God can redeem. I can make up those years, he says. God can make up for us all the years that the locusts have eaten in our lives. The one that's come and devoured on us. The one who has ravaged us. Amen. The one has come along and and licked up the leftovers. No matter what has happened in our life. All those things that have eaten a piece of us and eaten a part of our soul, eaten a part of our hope that we have inside, God says, I can make it up for you. No matter how many years, this, as you might guess, is an incredible portion of Scripture. Because God is saying that somehow, some way, I can step into your life and I can make all things new. Wow. Jesus had compassion on these lepers. And what did he say to them? He says, you go. You go right now. Show yourself to the priests. And as they went by faith, they were healed. As they started to go, as they listened to what he said, by faith, they were all healed. Notice how Jesus always desires us to move in faith. He told them, go, and they did, and they were healed. What if one of them would have said, well, I'm not going until I see that I'm healed first. Like, why would I go waste the priest's time if I'm not healed? So what if I just say, well, I'm going to wait here until I see healing, and then I'll go. Well, if he would have said that, guess what? He would not have been healed. We have to move when God tells us to move. No matter if we see some result or we don't see some result. If God says move, we move. It was Naaman, the mighty warrior found in 2 Kings chapter 5. He was also afflicted with leprosy. He went to the prophet Elijah's house, as you know. Yet Elisha did not pray for him on the spot. In fact, Elisha was upstairs and did not even come downstairs to address this mighty warrior. He sent his servant out to talk to him. Yes, sir. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, I got a message for you from the big man. Uh, Wait, I'm Naaman. Don't you know who I am? I came on a long journey to see the prophet of God to heal me. 
Yeah, well, uh, he's busy. So I got a message for you. And it's like, well, what's the message? He wants you to go down to the Jordan River and dunk in it up and down seven times. He's like, what? The Bible says he was enraged. How could you, what? Like the man doesn't even come out and talk to me to my face after all this time? Don't you know who I am? Look at the 22s on my chariot. I've got money here. And I've brought gifts. I want special treatment. The Bible says that he says, I thought that he would come out and wave his hands in the air. Isn't that what we expect? Don't we see that on television evangelists? Yes, come now in the name of Jesus. And they got the towel over their shoulder. They're wiping their head. And it's like, let me hit you with anointed water. Let me do this. Have some special thing. Isn't that what we're looking for? The special treatment? The special thing? The prophet that comes out and and waves his hand? No, Elisha didn't even come downstairs to greet him. So Naaman left, enraged. I'm out of here. See ya. And then his servant said, uh, excuse me, boss. Yeah, what do you want? Uh, I know I'm just here to, you know, carry your saddle, you know, but uh, if this guy would have asked you to do some noble thing, would you not have went out and did some noble thing? Go conquer the city over here. Okay, I'll go conquer it and come back from my healing because I deserve it. Why don't you just do what he said? Oh, that's a novel thought. Why don't you just do what God said? Hmm. So he goes down to the Jordan River. It's not a pleasant place. So he's like going down to the Jordan River. He has to start taking his armor off. As he's taking his armor off, his men know that he's sick. You know, the boss is sick. You know, man, we followed him in war. He's got like the SEAL team with him. It's the, the army rangers, you know, they're all together with him. Like, yeah, we're, we're here with you. They've never probably seen him with his armor off. So he's taking everything off. And all of a sudden, he's just an old, sick, frail man. Because that's the reality. You're nothing like you used to be in your prime. You're an old guy now. You got leprosy and it's eating you alive. And I could see all of his men like, whoa. Knew the boss was sick, but whoa. Yeah, stand back a little bit more. Like, hey, how's it going? And he gets in the water and he dunks down, and he comes up, dunks down, and he comes up, dunks. Like, he's probably thinking, like, I look like an idiot. Five, six, nothing. I'm dunking up and down. And then he comes up on the seventh time, and the Bible says that his skin was transformed to the skin of a baby. Completely healed. What is the point? The point is, he did what God told him to do. You know, God never gives us the blueprint. He gives you an eighth inch of it. That's it. Like, wait, wait, I want the whole plan. No, no, no. You have to take the first step. Then he gives you the next eighth inch. And it's like, are you willing to walk by faith? Are you willing to do what God calls you to do? I wonder how many times God has spoken to our hearts to do something, to speak to another person, to invite someone, and we didn't do it. And because we were not willing to step out in faith, therefore, nothing happened. 
It's like God moves in our heart. He moves us. He, he motivates us, and he gives us opportunity. But if we don't move, then nothing happens, which brings up our point, stopping to praise. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, picking up in verse 15. It says, now one of them, remember there was 10 that were told to go. They're all going. The Bible already told us he healed them all. Like, oh my goodness, could you imagine? You, you got leprosy all over your hands and everything. Your, your fingers are falling off. And all of a sudden, man, my hands are completely restored. And he turned back, glorifying God. Notice, with a loud voice. Whoa, Jesus, Jesus. Whoa, Je- whoa look at me, look at me. Okay, loud voice, verse 16. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Wow. Wow. One of the lepers, realizing he's been healed, he comes back glorifying God. He fell on his face, thanking Jesus. Notice the progression. First, he was crying out for help. Most of us know how to do that, right? Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. Then Jesus simply said, go to the priest. Again, if none of them would have moved, then nothing would have happened. But by faith, they all took off. And because of that, they were all healed. But then, when the miraculous happened... And the leprosy, the skin-eating bacteria was taken away. They were cleansed right in front of their very eyes, and they were healed. Well, nine out of the ten kept going to show themselves to the priests, to be deemed healed so they could be restored to, to their culture, to their society. More importantly, to be restored to their families. But this one man, he stopped. He stopped. In his shock, in his amazement. And he immediately turns around and starts screaming and goes running back to Jesus, falls in total worship and adoration at his feet. He was glorifying God. He couldn't believe it. All those years of being ostracized, all those years of being abandoned by society, by his own family, his own loved ones. How desperate this man must have been for love in his life. How he must have longed to be accepted in in just life in general again. To have the embrace of another person around him. Now, all he could do is just fall on his face at Jesus' feet. This is a universal sign of, of surrender and thanksgiving and praise. For he had No earthly gift to give the Lord. What did he have? He had nothing. He lost everything. So he brought the only thing that he had. He brought his own praise, his own worship to the Lord's feet, wrapped with a thankful heart. He must have cried out the words of Psalm 103. Listen to Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and I will forget none of his benefits. 
who has pardoned me of my iniquities, who has healed me of my disease, who has redeemed my life from the pit, who has crowned me with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies my years with good things so that my youth is renewed like an eagle. Wow. Could you imagine how thankful this man was? Like, man, I'm on a one-way ticket to hell. My body's falling apart. I'm dying a slow death. And all of a sudden, I'm healed. I wonder when was the last time that we just fell on our face before the Lord and we didn't come out with our laundry list of more wants and desires. Oh, yes, Lord, I come before you. Thank you so much. And Lord, I just really need this and this and this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that. But rather just a heart of thankfulness. Oh, God, I'm just coming before you. I don't want anything. I just want to thank you. I just want to praise you. It's something to consider. We just looked at stopping to praise or how we must just stop and come to the Lord at times just with a heart of gratitude for all that he's done for us. But it brings us now to our final point, loving the forsaken. Let's look again here in Luke 17, verse 17. And it says, Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Where's the other nine? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, this Samaritan? It almost leads you to believe that the other nine were just Jews. But no, the foreigner came back, the Samaritan came back, and he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith is has made you well. Wow. Amen. So here we have the Samaritan, the dog, the man forsaken by society, kicked to the curb. But yet, where do we find him now? Fallen at the feet of Jesus. And the Lord says, where are the other nine? Jesus wondered how could these other men that had been defiled by this flesh-eating bacteria who have been a reproach to society, who have been looked down and kicked in life, not stop and at least say, thank you? Yet that's exactly what happened. Only one out of the ten stopped and came back, falling on his face to give thanks. Well, before we get too critical of the other nine, we have to turn it around and ask ourselves, what do we spend more time doing? Here's a question. Don't raise your hand. Number one, do you spend more time complaining about what we don't have? Or number two, do you spend more time thanking and praising God for what you do have? Consider all the blessings we take for granted, like life itself. We're all alive today. The air we breathe, the hearts beating in our chests, the food we eat, maybe not what exactly you want to eat. It's not filet mignon, but it's food. The place where we sleep, 
Maybe it's not a $2,000 bed. Maybe it's an air mattress, 12 bucks at Walmart. I've slept on those quite a bit. The glory of God's creation. What about that? What we're surrounded by? A flower that blooms. A bird that flies. I was talking to a guy the other day and a hummingbird just comes up right before us and just... Gone. And I was just like, look at that thing. Isn't that amazing? Ah, hummingbird. The sun that rises every morning. I was coming to church this morning and the sun was blazing and I pulled my visor down because the sun was so bright. I'm like, wow, look at that sunrise. There's so much to be thankful for. Yet many overlook these blessings. We just take them for granted. We're quick to embrace the gift. But why do we so often forget the giver of the gift? We're so quick to pray, yet so slow to praise. Let's not allow our wants and desires, all the things that we don't have to overshadow what we do have. Let's not underestimate our daily blessings. Let's never forget to thank the God of heaven who supplies all of our needs. I wonder if there are any among us who need to move from living on grumble and complain drive to thankful street. Just a suggestion. That move could do us all well. Yes, we should never be named amongst the other nine. Rather, let us sing out as it says in Psalm 107. I was so moved by this psalm during Thanksgiving. It just moved me just all over again. He says in Psalm 107 verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. How about that? He's good. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I've been redeemed by the Lord, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. I was in the clutches of the devil. I did everything he wanted me to do. And I was miserable. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And what are we redeemed from in case you have forgotten? We, like the 10 men that were filled with leprosy, though we might not have leprosy, we all are destined to die. And we all have the life-threatening disease that's known as sin. Let us draw close to the glorious Father. Let us fall to our knees in praise of him like this Samaritan man did. And notice what Jesus said in verse 19. Rise and go your way. Your faith has saved you. We need to rise and go. Every one of us as believers need to rise and go. We are living in such critical times. Our country is just going down a hellhole right now. Are we not seeing it? 
I mean, it's just like, oh, bell reform and bell this and bell that and start, you know, prison reform and all of this. And so, yes, if we give everyone everything for free, it's like they'll get better. No, crime is going off the hooks and everything is just spinning out of control. And one side of the government is all thinking, it's all fine. Everything's good. Get over it. How many people have a lot of hope and joy right now? We should as believers. Because our hope is not in us. Our hope is in the Lord. Jesus is the only one that can give real hope. And we have that message in our heart. Hope that our sin can be forgiven. Hope that our guilt and shame can be cleansed away. Hope that we can all go to heaven one day. And for the here and now, we have the hope that no matter what happens in our world, no matter how bad it gets, and it's going to get worse, that God was never going to leave us or forsake us. He will walk with us to the day the trumpet blows and the rapture of the church happens. I entitled this message, Failing to Remember. Will you remember to give thanks for all that you have instead of all that you don't have? Will you remember that holidays are a reminder of the hope that God has given to humanity? That there was a baby born? The baby born was the savior of all mankind? So let us be that reminder. It's like we need to be the voice of reason in the midst of this world that has lost all reason. See, I have this saying, there's a God in heaven that loves you. I use it all the time. It's my opening to almost everybody I come in contact with. And it just sounds wonderful. There's a God in heaven that loves you. And people are like, yes, I'm so wonderful. God must love me. And it's like, you cannot appreciate that statement until you understand the other side of that statement. The other side of that statement is, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That not one human being on the planet will go to heaven in their own good works. No one. Whether someone just has a little bit of sin, because we all know nice people, right? Good people, good caring people. If they don't know Christ as their Savior, they cannot go to heaven because sin cannot stand before God. All have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. God says, it's not that my hand is short that I can't reach you. It's not that my ear is dull that I can't hear you, but your sin has made a separation between you and me. So yes, God loves us, but until we embrace him, until we receive the love that he offers us, we don't have that love. We don't have it, and we're not going to heaven. Doesn't matter how much you recycle, doesn't matter how much you're a good person, doesn't matter how much time you spend in the food line helping serve those uh, on Thanksgiving a, a meal downtown to the homeless, it doesn't matter. Those are all good deeds, and I'm glad you do them, but it doesn't get you to heaven. We have to come to God on his terms. God, I have sinned. I have sinned. I have done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. Have mercy on me. And at that point, that's when the God of heaven reaches in and says, come unto me and I will restore you. I will redeem you. I will buy you back. And I will give you eternal life and I will forgive you of your sin. 
That's what Jesus did. That's how nasty our sin is. It took God himself to come down, live as a man, and be brutally beaten and murdered for us as a human sacrifice. The old covenant was established with animal blood and animal sacrifices. But what did God say in Jeremiah 31, 31? I'm going to have a new covenant. Why? Because the covenant that I made with Moses through the law of God, through the Pentateuch, the Torah, you didn't keep it. There's not enough animals to sacrifice for all of our sin. So I'm going to have a new covenant. And a new covenant is dipped in God's blood as he shed his blood on the cross for us. That's what communion's about. This is what Thanksgiving started as in our country, to give praise and glory to Almighty God. Amen. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789 Los Angeles, California 90034. 